Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll move on this listener right now in your gentle, loving, powerful, and merciful way as they listen to this message from All Nations Church in Tallahassee. Amen. Take your Bibles this morning. Turn with me first to Colossians chapter 3. We're talking about woke or awake. This is the second message in this series. Uh, I had to laugh because this week, I think it was on Tuesday, uh, someone watched a clip we posted of last week's sermon, and they said, uh, give me a death threat. And I'm laughing. That's the first time on social media anybody's ever threatened to kill me. I love that. You know, when you're kicking the devil in the teeth, there's going to be some pushback, right? You got to be ready for it. You got to expect it. And you can't fold when it happens. I told someone yesterday, in the 10 years we've been here, I've probably had 50 people out there in the parking lot threatened to shoot me, stab me, beat me, to kill me. And I just smiled at them all, and the love of God overcame. Now, I don't want to remember lifted a hand. So I'm not, I'm not upset when someone threatens me at all. You shouldn't be either. You should recognize the Christ in you is upsetting the devil in them. And just let him show forth. Amen? So this morning we're talking about woke or awake. This is the second message in the series. And we're talking about developing or adopting a biblical worldview. Because when we see things through the lens of Scripture, it changes how we respond, how we react, and what we feel. We need to know we have to see things from a biblical worldview. When the kids were growing up, I had a ski boat. And every time we had a chance, we'd take them to the lake. And my kids invited other kids. And over a period of years, I probably taught 50 or 60 teenagers how to water ski. It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. But I remember the time when I was on the lake. And for some reason, I was just so hot. I dived off the boat into the water without realizing my sunglasses were on my face. And if you've never seen a lake in Kansas or Oklahoma, they're not clear, they're muddy, they're dark water. You know, I went resurfaced, knew I'd lost them. I thought, well, that's okay, it's not a problem, I'll get by without them. And the first time I looked out over that water, the glare was overwhelming. And I realized I really do need those sunglasses in order to finish the day and see what I'm supposed to see. So I knew where I jumped in, and I jumped back in again, it was probably 10 foot deep. And was searching in the muddy bottom, trying to find them. And finally, I came up with them after two or three dives, brought them back to the surface, washed them off, put them on my face. And suddenly, because of the polarization in those lenses, the glare was gone. And I could see perfectly again. See, too many times we have the wrong lenses or no lenses on our spiritual eyes. And the glare of society and the glare of culture absolutely overwhelms us, and we don't know what to do or which way to turn or how to proceed. The glare of culture, we call it today, wokeism. We're going to talk about it this morning. Someone said to me not long ago, I've never heard anybody talk about wokeism. Well, it's time, church. It's time that we dealt with the problems in our society and in our culture from a biblical point of view. It's time that we don't condemn people, but rather we give them hope and a better way. That's what Paul said. It's a new, better, and a living way. That's what we offer to the world around us. Now, when I talk about a worldview, it's probably not something that we really have a lot of conversations about. 
I can tell you that when Yvonne and I have our morning coffee, there hasn't been one time we talked about a worldview. It's just not there. But yet we all have one. Even if it's never verbalized, we have a worldview. And if it isn't biblical, we find ourselves adrift in the sea of sin and the lostness of culture, and we find hopelessness and despair overcoming our lives. So we either adopt a worldview or we drift into it by the pressures around us. I'm challenging you today to adopt a biblical worldview, to hear what the Word of God says and live that way. Look with me to Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. The Apostle Paul wrote, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Listen to it one more time. If you were raised with Christ, you know what that means, right? It means you're born again. It means the old man has died and a new man's living in you. It means the same power that raised Christ from the dead also raised you from being spiritually dead and give you life and hope. If, the same, if Christ were raised, then seek those things which are above. Verse 2, set your mind on things above, not on the things of the earth. That is so crucial that we learn to do that because if we only see what's in front of us, we're defeated, we're discouraged, we're depressed, we're hopeless. We see no way out. But if we see what he sees, if we see from a heavenly perspective, if we live with the biblical worldview, then we can say, hell may be going to hell, society may be going to hell in a handbasket, but the good news is Jesus still rescues. Jesus still redeems. Jesus still changes mindsets and brings us into the authority of the word of God and Jesus Christ. Look at verse 3. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Have you ever thought about? Before you came to Jesus, you were dead men and women walking. You had no hope. You had no life. Your span of life was limited to what you think this earth would be, and then you never thought about eternity. Paul said, you died. Have you died this morning? Have you died to self? Have you died to your will? Have you died to the pressures of society? And have you been raised again in newness of life through the power of the living God and the blood of Jesus Christ? Well, that's pretty good preaching if you don't say amen. He said, your life is hidden with Christ in God. This morning, I'm going to give you a crash course in a worldview, maybe a master's class, actually. So we can understand what it's all about. Wave after wave of wokeism is hitting our society. And I'm going to pause and make a statement that some would consider political, but it's not, it's biblical. We see what's happening in Israel. We see that Israel is preparing to invade or to take ground troops into the Gaza Strip, which Yvonne and I have been there. And they're, they're set on eliminating their enemy. Yet in America, the support for Israel is minimal, while the support for Hamas is huge. I'm appalled when we see people parading in our streets, joy, rejoicing in the fact that Hamas killed Israeli citizens. Listen, it's time for a biblical worldview. 
I know everyone doesn't agree with me, and that's your right, even though you're wrong. You're more than welcome to disagree, but you are wrong. We need to understand that the nation of Israel has been set in place since 1948, and God said in Amos 9.15, they will never be uprooted again. Get it in your spirit. Understand and know they will never be uprooted again. And the believer has a choice to make. Do we stand with Israel or do we stand with culture? Do we proudly proclaim and boldly proclaim we support God's people, the Hebrews? Or do we fall in with the popular crowd and say, oh, you know, this just shouldn't be. May I tell you, war should never be but it's going to be. Jesus said in Matthew 24, when you hear of wars, then don't be confused or afraid, but rather recognize your redemption draws nigh. Oh, come on, church. It's time for you to recognize where our priorities lay to adopt a biblical worldview. And may I tell you this? The Bible is on the side of Israel every single time. So if we have a biblical worldview, we push back what the media says. We ignore what we see happening in our streets. And there were protests right here in Tallahassee, both pro-Israel and pro-Hamas. They were there. So we have to understand God is doing something greater through this circumstance and situation. So what is wokeism? That's a really fair question. We defined it last week, but there are some here today that weren't here last week. Some haven't watched last week's broadcast. So let me share with you what wokeism really is. Wokeism is anti-gospel. Wokeism is anti-God. Wokeism is anti-biblical truth. It's contrary to everything that God has laid out before us. Someone said, well, couldn't there be some kernels of truth in wokeism? Of course there is. Most lies that draw great bodies of people together start with some small element of truth. But listen to me. There's also pure water in the sewer. But if you think I'm going to drink that stuff, you're absolutely nuts. It is not going to happen. See, wokeism is actually a religion. It's a cult that pulls people together to emphasize man and to put God out of the picture. We're going to talk about that this morning. Look with me to 2 Timothy chapter 3. One more passage of scripture I want to read to you this morning. But know this, in the last days perilous times will come. Men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, blasphemers disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers without self-control, brutal, brutal despisers of good, traitors, headies, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, and having a form of godliness but denying its power from such people turn away. That's from the New King James. I want you to hear it from the Passion Translation, verses 3 and verses 4. It says this, but you need to be aware that in the final days the culture of society will be extremely fierce and difficult for the people of God. Folks, I've been telling you for a long time, you're either in or you're out, because we are living in a day and an age when your commitment has to be rock solid to Jesus Christ, or when pressure comes, you'll fold and you'll run. You've got to be absolutely committed to Him. 
We read those scriptures and we realize how true they really are. Verse 3 says they'll become addicted to hateful, malicious slander, slaves to their desires. They'll be ferocious, belligerent haters of what is good and right. My goodness, if you read those verses, it's right before us. It's happening all around us. Verse 4, with brutal treachery, they will act without restraint, bigoted, wrapped in the clouds of their conceit. They'll find delight in their pleasures more than the pleasures of loving God. That describes society. That describes wokeism. Now, the dictionary would tell you that wokeism is someone who is aware of and actively attentive to important facts and issues, especially issues of racial and social injustice. You read that and you think most of us, well, that's me. I'm attentive to racial injustice. I'm attentive to those who have been oppressed. There is a better way. But may I tell you, the better way only runs through Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter what they try to tell you and lie to you about. Wokeism will not get you to a better place in your life. I got to say it. Neither will BLM. Someone said to me when I started this series, you pastor a very diverse church. You're going to offend people. If it offends people, it's because our hearts are not where they need to be with God. And the answer is not to run. The answer is to repent. And I have every confidence that those folks in this room today who are not Caucasians, that includes me, by the way, have every confidence in Jesus Christ and his word, and we're going to follow him regardless of what culture will tell us. See, organizations have been developed through through wokeism that fund individuals in the name of helping people. BLM happens to be one of them. One more note, they also support Hamas. Not just verbally, but financially. Come on, wake up, people, and recognize the day and the hour in which we live. Wokeism is like any other false religion. It is a cult that traps the mind and sucks people in to an abhorrent way of living. It's an abomination in the sight of God and to the Scripture. Listen, we need to understand, yes, we stand for justice. Yes, we're against racism. But that doesn't mean we condemn everybody who doesn't look like us. We need to be aware of that. I told you last week, and this is what I got in trouble. Well, I didn't get in trouble. That's why you threatened to kill me. I told you last week that wokeism dies at the cross. Wokeism dies at the cross because at the cross, repentance occurs. There is a transformation in lives. Our hearts are restored, renewed, and recreated by the power and the blood of Jesus Christ. It's only at the cross that any behavior that doesn't align with the Word of God can be changed. Only at the cross. When we start talking about wokeism, they use words that sound really cool, very copacetic to what we believe. But then you ask them to define them, and when you hear what they're saying, you say, that, you gotta be kidding me. I'm not gonna hang my hat on that false doctrine. I'm gonna believe that there is a better way, a new way that God has for you and me. The definition I would use for wokeism is not what the the dictionary uses, but rather, It's an authoritative worldview that seeks to deconstruct the foundations of Christian faith, 
by overwhelming, overpowering, overthrowing those who do not adhere to its ideology. Just a couple of years ago, we started hearing about cancel culture. If someone disagrees with you, you ghost them. You cancel them. You push them out of your life. You get them off of social media. You don't air sermons that are preached against it. Cancelism. Listen, folks, I've come to tell you, it doesn't matter how they try to reduce the gospel of Jesus Christ and the followers of Jesus Christ. The word remains true and greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The word remains true. Our victory is through the Lord Jesus Christ. We have authority through the Lord Jesus Christ. And the church should stop bowing down to false doctrine and cultism, which is found in wokeism. See, wokeism wants to reduce us to the color of our skin. They want to say, if you're white, you're really bad. You'll never be forgiven for the sins and the atrocities that your forefathers committed. Show me that in the scripture. No, the Bible says, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. It doesn't say if you're black. It doesn't say if you're Hispanic. It doesn't say if you're Asian. It doesn't say if you're American Indian. It says whosoever calls on the name of the Lord. Come on, church. It's time to grow a backbone, to stand up against the pressures of society and declare we will not submit. See, the only difference between me, come here, Taylor. Come here. Right, right on up here. Come here, Yvonne. The only difference between Taylor and Yvonne, if you're ready for this, is 0 0.012 greater melanin in her body than in her body. That's it. And we try to make it division and divisive. We try to say that Taylor is oppressed. Taylor is entitled. Come here, Celine. Celine is by heritage from Mexico. And they try to say because Celine came from Mexico and her parents came from Mexico and they speak Spanish, that somehow she's disadvantaged. She's oppressed. She's entitled. And then they say about my wife, Yvonne, that's a little white girl. She's a Caucasian and there's no hope for her. Do y'all see how ridiculous you see how ridiculous this really is? How demonic it really is? How the origins of wokeism have their, their, their roots in the pit of hell. It's a satanic strategy, strategy to divide people. And what does Satan come to do? He comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And if you follow wokeism, you will allow him to destroy the relationships you have with people who don't look like you. And that's absolutely wrong. Matter of fact, let me say it stronger. It's a sin. And the only remedy is repentance through the blood of Jesus Christ. Race. When God created us, he created one race, the human race. One race. So when we start talking about racism... We need to know that that's a man-made construct. It's not from God. God did not divide us by the color of our skin or the language we speak. In Him, there's one race. And that's why I can say to you today, it doesn't matter where you're at, where you've come from, what you're doing, your hope is in the cross of Jesus Christ. At the cross, 
We are equal. Equal. At the cross, I can call you my brother. I can call you my sister. We become family. And it doesn't matter what the outside looks like or the language we speak or our culture and origins. All that matters is we've been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. We have been transformed by the master. We have been set free through us. Oh, somebody help me this morning. At the cross, we are transformed. We are changed. We are made new. A new heart is placed within us. We become new creatures, creations in Jesus Christ. It's only at the cross that wokeism dies. And it's only at the cross that racism dies. Wokeism also tries to divide us by our gender, male or female. Tries to divide us by sexual orientation. May I tell you, there are still only two genders. Biology is still true. It hasn't changed. No matter the attack on science, it's still the same. By the way, how in the world does two two plus two not equal four? Now we know math is racist because of wokeism. That's absolutely idiotic. It makes no sense. Why don't you go to the bank and tell them, you know, I've got $1,000 in my account, but I believe in new math. So really that 1000 is going to be 5000 Will you just make that change right now? What are they going to do? They're going to laugh you out of the building. They're going to deem you crazy. Yet we think... Math is racist. It's idiotic. The whole philosophy is absolutely illogical. That's a term I'm looking for. It's like drinking a Mark's Arita. Did you hear what I said? Mark's Arita. What's a Mark's Arita? Well, it's a little bit of wokeism. It's a little bit of postmodernism. It's a little bit of socialism. It's mixed up with a a little bit of critical race theory. Then you squeeze in Freud and Nietzsche, and you squeeze in Marx, and boom, you have a Marxarita. And the first thing you know, nations are drinking Marxaritas. And thanks to Jimmy Buffett, we know for sure, oh, you're already there, aren't you? We know for sure we're wasting away again in Marxaritaville. Oh, come on, somebody. It's time to cast off the blinders, to shake loose the shackles, to rise as the people of God and declare there is one Savior, there is one way, there is one hope, and His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. Can I encourage you right now to share this message on social media? Tell your friends about it. Tell them to go watch last weekend, this week. I believe there are a lot of believers who are sitting in churches that continue to spew out the same pablin week after week. They've never received the meat of the word. They don't deal with issues in our culture. They don't confront the lies of Satan. And as a result, they're unhappy and unfulfilled in their church. Would you tell them there's a better place to worship You're going to hear the word. You may be challenged, but it'll be for the good. Come and join us. Come on, folks. It's time to recognize the world, the Christianity, the church needs the true gospel of Jesus Christ. Without a doubt. 
Think about this with me. In Isaiah 14, it records the fall of Satan. You know that Satan's name in heaven was Lucifer. That he was a very, very beautiful angel. That he was the worship leader in all of heaven. But he began to be filled with pride. I'm better than God. Filled with envy. I want his position. Desiring power to overthrow the rule of God Almighty. And as a result, God said, I've had enough of you. And I've created a special place for you. It's called hell. And that's where you and everybody that follows you is going to go. Listen to me. The same things that are driving wokeism drove Satan. The same temptations he gave to Adam and Eve in the garden, he had himself. Envy, pride, power. That's what he told Eve. If you eat of the fruit, you'll be like God. What a lie that is. Read Romans chapter 1. I believe it's in verse 25. It says, they worship the creature more than the creator. Verses 18 through 31, we call it the ladder of depravity. And you can see humanity following that same path. When we talk about wokeism, they're against racism. Yet, they are racist. Wow. It's true. Because they're racist against anyone who they consider the oppressor. That's a doctrine of Marxism that has invaded this entire movement. They're racist. They talk about injustice while they themselves are unjust. They talk about things like tolerance. And they are tolerant as long as you agree with them. It's a neo or a new tolerance. But the moment you disagree, Katie, bar the door, they're coming for you. It's a cult, a false religion that's leading people directly into the pit of hell. Directly. When you look at history, we know from about 1600 to 1960, we lived in a period called modernism. Still in this period, man was seeking God and wanting to serve God. But in 1960, we moved one more step forward. And we moved into a postmodern phase. And in that postmodern phase, everything became about me. Everything became about man. Everything became about my feelings, my wishes, my desires, my thoughts. And we see a perversion of absolute truth. It was in the 60s and the 70s that Freud's doctrine of pleasure really came to the head. Floyd's, Freud said, it's all about pleasure. It's all about sex, sex, sex. That's all it's about. Have you seen that today? Now listen, I don't watch MTV. God never delivered me from it. I just didn't do it. But I want you to understand that anything you see applying through the media, through advertising, through Hollywood, it's all about pleasure all about sex it's invaded our culture in that phrase and then we move into a postmodern phase where it's all about me 
all about me. And I think, you know what? That's the best wokeism can offer. It's all about me. But when you fail, when you don't get what you want, when your pleasure isn't satisfied, when your needs and desires don't come true, when the truth isn't in you, you're left empty, hollow, deceived, without hope. If you would have told me 10 years ago that the most controversial thing I could say in a sermon is that there are only two genders, male and female. And that marriage is between a man and a woman. And if you had told me 10 years ago that if you make those statements, which I just did, you'll be canceled. You'll be removed from social media. Facebook, Twitter, they won't like you anymore. TikTok won't allow you to run your videos anymore. So we need to understand that we are living in a day when Satan is rising against the church of Jesus Christ and the tool he's using today is wokeism. We've got to come to the place where we grasp that, understand that. That's why it's essential we adopt a biblical world view. And really there's only one world view and that's a biblical world view. It's Jesus. I could argue the other worldviews, but we don't have time for that this morning. Matter of fact, I'm looking at the clock and realize I'm not even halfway through these notes. So guess what? This series just went to six messages. Yep, here we go. I told my wife, Yvonne, this morning, I've got to talk really fast today. I've got a lot of material to cover. I'm not talking fast enough. But I want you to grasp it. I want you to understand it. Wokeism is paganism. Wokeism is paganism. There's no other word to describe it. It's about turning away from the supremacy of God and turning to ourselves. Here's what it looks like, Colossians 2.8. I'm going to close in just a second. Paul wrote, see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. He described wokeism right there. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition. Human tradition, human thought. I know wokeism is all over the place, but listen. Christianity has dealt with false religions, false doctrines for the entirety of its existence. And you know what? Not one of them ever overcame Jesus Christ. Not one of them were ever successful in defeating the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we look at what's going on around us today, and we have to step back and say, I'm living in victory. I'm living in the power of the Spirit of God. I declare I am an overcomer by His blood. I declare I am above, not below. I declare I'm the head and not the tail. Oh, I've come to tell you this morning, there is no force. There is no power. There is no man-made construct that can stand against the power of the Most High God. That can stand against the one who was alive and 
dead and now is alive forevermore that can stand against the lion of the tribe of Judah. Oh, somebody, if you believe it, stand to your feet and give him praise. Magnify his name. Declare you are the one. You are holy. You are righteous. You are mighty. You are the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Come on, tell him who you believe him to be. Magnify his name. Here, wokeism dies. And Jesus raises us to new life. Raises us to new life. Haley, come back. Jesus raises us to new life. I want you to hear something. The retina, did you know this? The retina actually sees things upside down. But when it passes through the optic nerve, somehow the brain moves all those signals into the right place so it turned right side up. So I don't see you upside down, I see you right side up. You want to know why wokeism has such a hold on our world? Because they see everything upside down. Because they don't have the power of Jesus Christ to turn things around so they're right side up. Oh, come on, I'm standing before you here today, and what I'm seeing, and when I look at you, is a 2D image that comes into my eyes. It goes to the optic nerve, and when it comes back, I don't see you upside down. I see you right side up, because God created a power in my brain that turns it around. Oh, come on, somebody. It's time to rely on the power of God that is in you to turn things right side up not upside down. You're in this room this morning. It's very possible you've never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior. Today is the moment Holy Spirit has been dealing with your heart. He's been convicting you. He's been drawing you. Today is your moment that your life can be changed. That you stop seeing things upside down and see them right side up. I'm talking to you. That's you right where you stand. Would you just lift your hand and say, pray for me. That's me. I need to see things right side up. I need Jesus to come into my life today. Slip up your hand. Pray for me. Pray for me. Believers across this room, Haley's going to sing it again, Cornerstone. And across this room today, if you are determined to put your life on the solid rock each and every day, every moment of every day, if you're determined to stand unmovable in the storm of wokeism, and be a light that shines in that darkness. As she sings it, just throw up your hands in submission to the King and say, Jesus, fill me with the power I need. Fill me with the strength I need. Fill me with the courage I need to stand in this wicked day and to stand against false doctrine and false religion that's contained in wokeism. You made it to the end of the message, and now what? Is God leading you to make a change? Are you needing a good church home where you can grow and help others grow as you fulfill your part in the body of Christ? Then we invite you to join us at All Nations Church on Sharer Road in Tallahassee, a multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. Our Sunday morning service is at 10.30 and Wednesday night service at 7.00 plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For more information, visit our website, allnationstallahassee.com.